0: Pastors Larry and Tiz Huck welcome you to this weekly Torah study from New Beginnings Church in Bedford, Texas, taught by Pastor Scott Sigmund. We pray this message will help you better understand how God's Old Testament wisdom and New Testament revelation are meant to jointly fit together. Uh, today we're uh, studying out of Numbers chapter 8 through Numbers chapter 12, and As we've said in uh, all of these various Torah studies, there's a number of themes that we could get into. Today, I want to focus in on uh, a message for those concerned about fulfilling the will of God. Is there anybody concerned about fulfilling the will of God for your life? If, If that's you, say amen. And I'm in that number. Uh, And so, uh, as we begin, let me just say this, that when it comes to Torah, one of our main goals is to unite God's wisdom from the Old Testament with God's revelation in the New Testament. Uh, If you were here last week, you might recall I had mentioned the book that I have from Dr. John Garr called... uh, Christian fruit, Jewish root. And he writes uh, in that book that if there's one page in our Christian Bible that could be considered uninspired, it's the page that separates the Old Testament from the New Testament. Uh, that one single page has for centuries represented all kinds of strife all kinds of confusion all kinds of division and uh, especially between Jews and Christians and but also how the Bible should be taught and understood uh, and so by and large Christianity has devalued the Jewish or the Hebrew, scriptures. uh, But unfortunately, the result is we missed out on some wisdom. Right? We missed out on the full gospel. Uh, I believe you can't have the full gospel without the full Bible. And the full Bible is from Genesis through Revelation. So today... Uh, as we uh, get into this study, I want to focus a little bit on divine destiny. Who cares about your divine destiny? Or is life just a random choice? The luck of the draw, the roll of the dice. No, God has divine purpose. Amen. Divine destiny. He has an awesome and incredible future for all of us. Uh, and a lot of that... Uh, will be manifested as we understand the will of God for our lives. And, And so today, in today's Torah study, the teaching comes up that allows us to explore this. Uh, it's actually uh, presented in a very hidden way, but very dramatic way, out of Numbers 10. And if you have your Bibles, go over to Numbers 10, verses 35 and 36. I'll read it to you. It says, So it was, whenever the ark set out, that Moses said, Rise up, O Lord, let your enemies Be scattered, and let those who hate you flee before you. And verse 36, And when it, the ark, rested, he said, Return, O Lord, to the many thousands of Israel. And so what makes this particular section of scripture so remarkable is because these specific verses are mysteriously bracketed in the Hebrew Torah scroll by uh two in uh, what are called in the Hebrew uh alphabet uh two letters called nun's not Sally Field the flying nun or Sister Mary Elephant, the, uh, the sister in the uh, Yellow Album. Uh, but uh, uh, these are letters uh, that God uses as parentheses or brackets around this particular section of Scripture. And so, uh, it's very unusual. This is one of those jot and tittle moments in the Bible. Where there's an unusual layout. Uh, other examples are sometimes the Torah will reduce the size of a letter or enlarge the size of a letter. In this case, it's uh, uh, nothing else happens like this in all the Hebrew Bible. Why did God bracket this section of Scripture, and it's only visible in the Hebrew Bible? There's no English translation that will capture this particular uh, way God presents the Bible, and thus we miss things. And in this case, God is saying something. And from a rabbinical standpoint, uh, uh, God uh, uh, has inspired uh, the Jewish sages and rabbis uh to understand what's happening here at a critical moment in Israel's history. Because it's right at this moment, right at this stage, the Jews are supposed to enter the land of Israel. However, due to some shocking misinterpretations of the will of God... The 10 spies, 12, the 10 of the 12 spies came back after going into the promised land to spy out the land. They came back with a bad report. And even though God said, we're going to go in and possess the land, they came back, we're just like little tiny baby grasshoppers. There's giants in the land, we need to have a plan B. And so they created a lot of confusion, uh, a lot of fear, a lot of doubt, and people began to doubt whether or not they could take the land. Caleb and Joshua said, No! These guys are wrong! False prophets! Get the rocks! Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, how many of you know, truth does not require a majority? You and God and the Bible are a majority. <laughs> Even though all your family says, that's a bunch of crock. No. What God is saying trumps everything else. And, and so, because they listened to the wrong voices, they made the wrong choices. And they were led astray and forbidden to enter. That generation was forbidden to enter the promised land. So instead of receiving the blessing of God, they missed the will of God. And it cost them their lives. It cost them their inheritance. Everything that God had promised beginning with Abraham, they should have had anticipation, expectation, trust and faith. That it may not look like we're winning, but when God is with us, who can be against us? So these brackets are viewed in rabbinic study as a sign of what could have been. Or even more precisely, what should have been. Uh, in ancient literature, uh, these two verses represent an entire book of Torah. They call it uh, the unfinished book of destiny. That right here, these two brackets are a sign from God. If you dig deep into this, I'll show you that Israel had a destiny, but because they listened to the wrong voices, they took a wrong turn, they missed their destiny, and what could have been, what should have been, never happened. So what follows is instead of a history uh, filled with the promises of God, the joy of the Lord, they were living out a destiny never intended to be lived. And I dare say that that's what's happening in many Christian lives today. That you're living a destiny you were never intended to live. Because of wrong decisions wrong choices listening to the wrong voices led you astray and instead of fulfilling god's will you're fulfilling man's will or worse it wasn't the will of god for israel to miss their destiny it wasn't part of the plan and i can't help thinking that what happened to israel still happens today People miss the will of God all the time, and thus they miss their destiny. What should have been written is that the Lord, in those passages symbolized by the Ark of the Covenant, they were going to enter the land victoriously. Amen. These are redeemed people. They've been brought out of Egypt. Pharaoh has been defeated. They've been baptized going through the Red Sea. They've received miracle after miracle after miracle. And yet, some leaders got it wrong and people just took it hook, line, and sinker, not studying things for themselves. And they're living a history never intended to be lived. My gosh. The good news is there's a silver lining. How many of you know, even though it could be bad, bad, seemingly bad, and getting worse, God has a way out. God has a way to reverse the curse. God has a way to turn what the enemy means for evil into something glorious, miraculous, and extraordinary. That's why it's good to remember God ain't finished with us yet. There's still some work to do. You got to be like the Isley Brothers and the Average White Band. I got work to do. Lord, fill me with anointing. I got work to do. So the reason there's a happy ending uh, is that uh, the sages have taught uh, that even though it's an unfinished book of destiny, it's an unfinished story, God is going to finish the story when the Messiah comes. At the end of days, the original history that God had planned for Israel is going to be restored. And you and I as Christians, we're going to come together with the Jewish uh, community, Christians and Jews coming together. And we're going to celebrate the second coming of the Lord. Mm. I love that. Not the coffee, the word. If we're wise, we're going to learn a lesson. Coming to church is nice to have fellowship. We need that. It's nice uh, for a lot of reasons, but perhaps the biggest reason is lesson learned. God, let me have ears to hear and eyes to see what lesson I need to learn so that I won't miss out on my destiny. If you've ever blown it, I know I'm preaching to the choir here. You've never blown it, never made a mistake. So I'm preaching to myself. I'm preaching what I've experienced. If, if we realize, OMG, I've missed the will of God here. There's still time to make some course corrections. Amen? How many of you know God is the God of second chances? He's a redeeming God. He's a gracious Father. I've got a little grandson that just turned three. Do you think he ever uh, uh, missed the mark on some, something? Like every day, every moment. It's like I'm a correction machine. No, don't do that. Please don't do that. Ah! This morning... I got up real early. I got up at 4:30 partly because my body clock being in Brazil was all off and then just being in Israel. But uh uh, he comes running down the stairs and the next thing I know, he's next to this uh, giant, we just got this giant umbrella for the back patio area, but it was leaning up. And he's ready to pull that thing down on him. And you know, that's a, 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 th- those umbrellas are quite heavy. He's just a little guy. And I'm thinking, man, you're going to get crushed! No! Stop! That's our God! Stop! Don't do that! miss your destiny. You'll injure yourself. And guess how many times God will allow a second chance. Again and again and again and again. Especially if you cultivate a sincere desire to improve and make some changes. You know, it's one thing to feel sorry you got caught. And another thing to feel sorry you did it <laughs> and so hopefully we're maturing I, I I believe we are we're growing maturing and advancing beyond uh, I'm sorry I got caught I, I, I'll do better the next time I'm not getting caught <laughs> no God wanted you to get go- you're caught before he even did it God already knows <laughs> but if if we sincerely desire to make changes, that's called teshuvah in Hebrew. It's called a return. It's like the prodigal son returning to common sense. What are you doing here, living in the pig pen? Why do you keep going through all these uh, 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 dramatic? Uh, why are you Miss Drama Queen? Every week it's a new drama in your life. Stop that! (laughs) Serving God ought to be less and less drama. And even when there's drama, you're not leading the charge on being the celebrity drama queen of it all. You're the one bringing peace in the midst of the storm. Bringing calm, common sense, poise, patience, peace. Amen. Amen. So let's bring this home and, and discuss a couple things that will form a solid foundation in fulfilling your divine destiny. We're all in agreement, we don't want to miss it. And the truth of the matter is, it's not that complicated. In fact, it's really simple. God's told us exactly what we should do in order to walk into our destiny, walk into our future, walk into His perfect will. It's already laid out. Anybody ever heard of the... how do you pronounce it again? The Bible. Why do, you, why do you think the devil's rejoicing today? Because he's got a whole generation of Christians that uh, uh, call it a Bibble. What's that thing called again? A Bibble. We don't know our Bible anymore. We don't recognize the words of God. We don't recognize the voice of the Lord anymore because we're not intimate with the Bible. I have a relationship with Jesus. Did you ever know Jesus is the living Word? That He is the Word that became flesh. So in the beginning was the Word. Word. So saying that we have a relationship with Jesus is really saying we have a relationship with the Word. And when we understand God's Word, the beauty of it is we understand His will. Because God's Word is His will. As a parent, a grandparent, we used to think that, raising our kids. That my Word is my... I am giving you the last word on the subject. (laughs) No, you didn't. (laughs) It went in one ear and out the other. yeah you know, there's the old saying, uh, when I was a teenager I, I I just was so frustrated how dumb my dad was. And then when I got twenty eight, I realized, boy, he really smartened up. <laughs> no, it was you. All right, so. Uh, if you ever watch billy crystal in city slickers that one thing that one thing the very first thing we need to do is to make the decision to living according to god's word pretty simple not complicated follow the instruction manual have you ever uh, gotten something from uh, delivered, a, a shipment, a box that you had to assemble, a toy on Christmas uh, for Christmas, and you pull out the uh, instruction, and there's pictures and words, and it just all seems like Chinese writing. I need somebody to interpret this. And in my family, it's Lydia. She's Mrs. Bob Vila. I'm horrible at uh, assembling things and follow, using tools. What's a tool belt again? She's hoping to get a reciprocal saw for Christmas, you know. Man, I, 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 I'm hoping that I get a new tool belt. I want one of those 256 uh, mechanic pieces. That's, that's her. Follow the instructions. And the Lord reveals it all in the Bible, in Scripture. And so you're going to, as you get into this, and maybe somebody uh, is just getting back into serving the Lord, or you know a new convert, God has divine principles. Right? And they apply to everyone and anyone. They'll work for anyone. God's Word will work whether you live in uh, the Philippines, whether you live in Kenya, whether you live in Brazil, or whether you live in the United States. God's Word will work if you will apply it correctly. And so God has a general will for everyone. We're all following the same book, hopefully. Hopefully. And there's general guidelines. There's general values. How many of you see right now in the world, in America and around the world, there's this big uh, shift in what our values as a nation should be? And now we have secular humanistic leaders trying to define what our value system should be. And they're willing to just go behind your back. Hey, wait a minute. I'm the parent here. I have the first say so. No, you don't. Not anymore. They'll go behind your back and do something that you will object to until you go to your grave. So we go to the Bible. What does the Bible say? How does the Bible define things? And sometimes it's easy. The Ten Commandments are... Pretty easy. <laughs> They're not much to misunderstand. Don't steal. Don't murder. Don't be a gossip. It always gets me that uh, Pentecostal-type preachers say, we can't keep the law. That's why Jesus came, because the law was too complicated. It's not that complicated to don't commit adultery. It's not that hard. Stop that. I believe in Jesus. Then stop that. Not that hard. Don't be stealing your your neighbor's stuff. Stop that. It's not that hard. It's not that complicated. Now if we get involved and we miss the mark, God'll forgive us, but our goal is man, I got to get this right. And that's, uh, that's our pathway to a successful life. Amen. We all want a successful life. This is what, uh, Second Timothy, uh, is talking about in Second Timothy 3.16. All scripture is inspired by God. And it's useful. Some translation, it's profitable for teaching the truth. Do you want the truth? I can't handle the truth. (laughs) It's good for teaching the truth. Okay, stuff's going on in the school system. Stuff's going on in politics. Stuff's going on in your finances. Stuff's going on here or there. What's the truth? Go to the Word. Let's find out from God. What's God's Word for that issue? It's good for rebuking error. It's better for you to rebuke yourself. It's better that you're not the last to know. Everybody else knows. How come you don't know? (laughs) I'm always asking my wife, "Uh, Honey, is there something going on in my personality that everybody knows and I'm the last to know? I asked that this morning because I don't want to be judging other people by my intentions, but excusing my actions. I want to know. Please don't come up afterwards and let me know. (laughs) Tell Lydia, and she'll pass that note along. Rebuking error. Correcting faults. In, In business... I, here at the church, I'm the managing director, the general director of Larry Huck Ministries. It includes uh, data management, fulfillment, uh, thank you gifts, uh, t- TV, making TV shows, writing scripts, writing articles, writing copy, doing this, that, and the other thing. Uh, when it comes to customer service and 40,000 people... Are feeling like, what's wrong with you guys? I don't wanna be the last to know. The axiom in businesses is fail fast. It's not how fast you get the good news that counts, it's how fast you get the bad news. And look, we try to, in advance, make plans and coordinate and uh, do all the uh, things in a professional, excellent manner. But sometimes things go a- 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 awry. And I want to know quickly, what's the bad news? Because I want to fix it! That way I don't have thousands or tens of thousands of people mad at pastor. What's wrong with them idiots over there? Can't they get my name spelled right on the envelope? <laughs> Correcting faults. Well, that's our attitude as believers in our own lives. There's a group of preachers out there that say, don't, don't look at yourself that way. Don't try to correct any faults in your life. Don't try to, on purpose, live holy because you'll negate the grace of God. Wrong, wrong, wrong! We're supposed to be partnering with the Holy Spirit to correct the faults, to, to get rid of the error in our lives, so that we can live a good, godly, moral, righteous life. So we're all in agreement, living in the will of God uh, starts with living according to the Word of God. Amen? Praise God. Amen. So Israel's challenge on their journey to the promised land is the same challenge that we face today. They were challenged to move forward in God's will, but their thinking, their decision making was an error. It was faulty. Would the Lord's words be the final word? Or would they be willing to neglect or ignore God's direction, God's wisdom, God's instruction? Because somebody else told me something! And what people were speaking into their lives was doubt and fear. That's a big uh, clue. If you're around somebody who has access to your life, and the only thing that's coming out of them is doubt and fear. May God grant us discernment. God, give us discernment. A lot of times it's somebody in your family. And you love them. But you just have to love them from another zip code. <laughs> Until you get that negative gossipy thing worked out, I'm going to love you by text. <laughs> Doesn't mean you you threaten them with hell. Oh, you're going to burn in hell for that. No, you can love them. Mom, I love you. But I don't know if you've ever noticed. So please, let's... Uh, Let's reason together and get that right. So anyway, what we're talking about is following the instruction manual. Amen? Not complicated. Second, we should always ask God to fill us with His wisdom, His guidance, His counsel. God came to Solomon after King David had gone on to be with the Lord. And he says to Solomon in a dream, Solomon, I'm going to grant you anything you want. This is like the proverbial Aladdin. It doesn't happen that often. As far as I can tell, it's never happened for me. (laughs) Where God came and said, I'm going to grant you your wish, your desire. Whatever you want, you ask me and I'll give it to you. So Solomon says, you know what, Lord, I need your wisdom. I need your counsel. I need you to give me such a knowledge and understanding that it would make me worthy of leading this nation of people called Israel. And God said, because you've chosen that, I'm going to give you all the riches you could ever want. And Israel prospered. They built that glorious Solomon's Temple. It was just, uh, they entered into a golden era. And so, in your prayer time, ask the Holy Spirit to counsel you. Especially on issues and affairs uh, where there seems to be A struggle or some uncertainty about the direction God wants you to take in life. How does God want you to deal with this situation? Holy Spirit, Heavenly Father, just fill me with divine direction. Divine wisdom, counsel me. Give me ears to hear and eyes to see the pathway forward. Boy, that's the prayer. A lot of times we're just uh, conditioned to pray, I want a pink Cadillac, Lord! Lord! All right, Miss Mary Kay. You can have your pink Cadillac, but before you get it, let's go up to the prerequisites. Anybody driving a pink Cadillac probably put in a bunch of hard work. Yeah? They probably spent some time in prayer. They probably spent some due diligence. Yeah? The only place that success comes before work is in the dictionary. Proverbs 4 Solomon said wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore get wisdom. And you don't need to necessarily get your wisdom from the housewives of Beverly Hills. <laughs> oh, she, she's a prophetess. Cuz she's at 90, what was that number 90 321? I don't remember that, but We don't need TikTok wisdom. Maybe there's something on TikTok that's worth knowing, a hack they call it now. I keep wondering Why did they come up with a hack? A hack on how to peel an onion. Okay, well we, you know, that's nice to have that. But what about the wisdom of God? Get that. And in all you're getting, get understanding. The amplified calls that Actively seek spiritual discernment, mature comprehension. Does these words mean anything to anybody? Logical interpretation. And so a lot of this isn't meant to be mystical or super spiritual. Like you don't have to wear an orange robe with a tambourine and walk through the airport singing Hare Krishna. You know, ask somebody once in a while, do I give off a heebie-jeebie vibe? Just go out on a limb. Do do people talk behind my back and say, I I give them the heebie-jeebies? You might want to know that. You don't have to be the heebie-jeebie person when it comes to being wise. A lot of it is just biblical common sense. Yeah? And, And God is going to help you think clearly. Thank you, Lord. And think biblically about the decision in front of you. When we ask for wisdom, God will grant it to us, James says. And so, uh, this is how you fulfill the general will of God. And it will eventually lead to you fulfilling your unique and special divine assignment. The reason people never advance to fulfilling their unique and individual divine assignment is they can't get the basics right. You're still walking around Jericho running your mouth. And God said, be silent! Stop cursing yourself! (laughs) Have you ever heard what you're saying about your life, your destiny, your future? Stop that! And once you get a lot of the putting a guard on your mouth, watching your words, all the, the Bible basics, then God will promote you into other things. This is what Psalms 37 means, that the steps of a righteous man or a righteous woman are ordered by the Lord. What's the key operative word there? Righteous. You're doing things the right way. You know, Christians shouldn't go to church with the concept, I'm going to be living like the devil, but I know I'll still make heaven my home. Huh? Stop living like the devil. The third thing that, uh, as we wind this down to fulfilling God's will is that we should ask for input from qualified people. I got one amen. Can I get another amen? Somebody give the pastor an amen here. Yeah, there's qualified people God wants to bring or has brought into your life. You need to let them speak into you. Amen. Proverbs 15 says, Without counsel, plans fail. But with many advisors, they succeed. That's pretty simple stuff. Get some advice from somebody that knows. Finding God's will for your life is as simple as asking godly people, successful Christian people, what should I do in this situation? What would you do? What's your counsel? What's your advice? And it should especially be with people that know you. Sometimes, oh, that's the hardest advice to take. It's better if you ask rather than wait until you're in a spot where it's given to you. The judge is going to give you the advice now. You're standing in court. Yes, Your Honor. Or the doctor comes in. I told you, you should have made those changes in your life. And now you're forced. To take advice rather than just take it uh, in advance, like be proactive rather than waiting for the worst things to happen and then okay, I'll do it. Just get with somebody, tell them what's on your heart, lay out the situation, and ask them to share their counsel. You know, I want to talk to people that can tell me if my ladder of success is leaning against the right wall. Wouldn't it be a a bummer to live a chunk of your life climbing what you think is the ladder of success and then when you get up there a ways you realize, OMG, my ladder's against the wrong wall. Why didn't somebody tell me? Because you were Mr. Know-it-all. And unfortunately, many uh, people take advice from the wrong people. Unqualified people that don't have a track record of anything. You know, what should I do with my finances, you that, uh, whose car is being repossessed as we're <laughs> We're talking. One of the greatest hindrances to walking in your destiny is being stuck with or suckered by people who think they know what's best for your life. Maybe ask, is, how their life is going? Is that God's best working in their life? Yes or no? Maybe they're qualified, maybe they're not. But it might be a good idea to vet that. Do a little vetting. Just because someone comes up to you and says, Thus saith the Lord, doesn't mean that's the Lord. And, and even if it's something that, man, uh, you better double check that with someone else. Could I get someone else to cosign for this? Let it be established, the Bible says, with two or three. Two or three. Well, I went online. I was talking to this guy online. I was in a chat room talking. And this guy who said that he he was a licensed preacher told me. The pastor is usually the last to know. When it comes to vetting things, the pastor, like, I'll, uh, no one ever comes to me and asks me, uh, could, could you help me vet this marriage I'm about to get into? The question I get is, will you do the ceremony? That's when the pastor comes in. Will you do the ceremony? Well, what about the vetting? Maybe you should have come to me six months ago when the guy was saying this and that and the other thing and the real guy was locked in the closet and you won't find out until after you say, I do. And then you meet the real guy who was in the closet. Want to see my new truck, Pastor? It only cost me55,000 dollars. I got it for 850 bucks a month. But, but two months ago, you were filling out a, uh, a form for, uh, to help me pay my rent. How in two months did you go from "I can't pay my rent" to an $850 automobile payment? might want to have checked on that before you sign the contract now for 72 months what's going to happen all right i'm not chewing you out i love you and just want the best for but sometimes we got to rebuke some faults and correct some errors and talk about what's right and wrong and knowing the will of god doesn't have to be a burning bush you don't need to be that heebie-jeebie, super-spiritual person. Just got to know the Word of God. You've got to have some discernment. And if you can't build that reservoir of wisdom and discernment on your own, maybe it's uh, you need more than what you got, ask for help. What do you think? What do you think? Amen? More often than not, all of the fulfilling the will of God just comes down to everyday living. Right, Day in and day out, you have a faithfulness to the Lord. You have a faithfulness to His Word. And being faithful is what leads you to promotion. This is what Jesus was talking about in one of the great parables in Matthew 25, the parables of the talent. I gave to this one a certain amount, I gave to this one a certain amount, and I gave to this one a certain amount. And then I come back later on, and I find out that this one had almost he doubled his effectiveness. This one had doubled their effectiveness, but this one hid their talent in the ground. So we're making choices. What guy do you want to be? The guy that's always improving, advancing, and doubling what the Lord is doing. Faithful at it. Faithful at it. That's why Jesus said, Well done, my good and faithful. Servant, You've been faithful in handling the small things, the basics of life. Because of that faithfulness, I'm going to reward you for greater and greater things. Amen? Faithful to follow the counsel of Scripture. Faithful to apply the wisdom of God. And faithful to ask for some help. Ask for some counsel in fulfilling God's will. And all of a sudden, man, you're on the road to success and achievement. How many of you are ready uh, to be on the road for success and achievement and go on to the next level of your divine destiny? Well, receive it in the name of the Lord. Amen and amen. Give the Lord a praise. We love you.